0: Support for the NPTE Clinical Files comes from the PT Hustle. Have you failed the NPTE more than once, and are you a bad test taker? The PT Hustle is the leading NPTE preparation company that specializes in one-on-one coaching for physical therapists who have failed the NPTE. The PT Hustle focuses on helping students figure out why they are failing, and then work with each student one-on-one, week-by-week, to achieve a passing score fast. So forget about the constant frustration of not being able to get over a 600. Sign up for your first evaluation today to finally figure out why you are not passing. Sign up at www.thepthustle.com. Again, that is www.thepthustle.com. The PT Hustle. Identify. Execute. Dominate. The MPTE Clinical Files is intended to be used as a learning resource for unlicensed physical therapists preparing for the National Physical Therapy Examination. The MPTE Clinical Files is intended literally for entertainment and educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based on only one source. Therefore, this podcast should not be used as the sole source of personal, clinical, legal, or medical advice. While care has been taken to ensure the accuracy of all answers and rationales, on a rare occasion mistakes and factual errors can be present, as we are only human. From the creator of the PT Hustle, this is MPTE Clinical Files, one mock MPTE-based question told and solved week by week. Thank you for tuning in to the MPTE Clinical Files. My name is Kyle Rice, the MPTE Prep Coach, the founder of the PT Hustle, and the creator of the MPTE Prep Success Course 2.0. If you haven't already joined the free Facebook group called Smart MPTE Prep, you need to do so today. Each and every week, we go through tips, tricks, and strategies to boost your MPTE score and improve your MPT preparation. So join Smart MPTE Prep today, and I will get you in. All right, for our next MPT clinical file, we have our patient Liam, and Liam is seen for complications of his ALS that he has had for four years. The patient's caregiver reports that she has noticed that the patient is having more difficulty speaking and often slurs his words. She states that the patient often laughs and cries uncontrollably. During a thorough examination, Which of the following examination findings is most likely to be present? All right, so A is impaired constriction of the pupil when light is shined into the eye. B is 4 out of 5 or good masseter strength. C is impaired lateral gaze. And D is inability to keep eyes closed against resistance. All right, so we have our patient Liam, and he's being seen for complications of ALS that he's had for four years. Now, before we start going on and, and dissecting this question and getting down to the answer choice, we have to understand what ALS is. Now, ALS is an abbreviation for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Now, this disease is a progressive neurodegenerative condition that affects nerve cells in the brain and the spinal cord. So why is this important for the MPT Why is this important to know? Well, it's important to know because... ALS has both upper and lower motor neuron symptoms, and that's really specific, all right? And so our patient comes in with not only just muscle weakness throughout the body, but they can also come in with things like dysarthria, all right? And so they have difficulty speaking and slurring their words and so forth. And so that's exactly what our patient is saying to us in this question. Patient's caregiver reports that she noticed that the patient is having difficulty speaking And often slurs his words. Now, she also states that the patient often laughs and cries uncontrollably. And we have to know well, what the heck is going on with that? What is that? That's called emotional lability. It's gonna be that sign or symptom of exaggerated changes in the patient's mood or affect, right? And so our patients with ALS can often express emotions outwardly that are different than what they truly feel on the inside. So they have like a serious situation that's going on around them, but yet they're laughing uncontrollably, right? And so they are expressing these emotions that they truly aren't really feeling on the inside. And so this is consistent with ALS. Now, it says in the question stem here, during a thorough examination, which of the following examination findings is most likely to be present? And as we look at the answer choices, we have really cranial nerves or impaired cranial nerve findings. So we have A, impaired constriction of the pupil when light is shined into the eye. B is good masseter strength. C is impaired lateral gaze, and D is the inability to keep eyes closed against resistance. So truly, the question's asking, you know, do you know which cranial nerves are going to be impaired in a patient with ALS? All right. So in order for you to really understand that and get down to this right answer, you have to understand the cortical bulbar tract because that's the, one of the specific tracts that's going to be impaired in a patient with ALS. Now, if we separate the cortical bulbar out into its parts, we see that it's cortico, which is the cortex, and bulbar, which is talk about the medullary pyramid. Now, specifically, when we say cortex, we're talking about the motor cortex And then attaching that or connecting that to the medullary pyramids, also known as the bulbar region, right? And so guess what? There are going to be a set of cranial nerves that are going to come out of that region. And those are the ones that are going to be impaired. So the question is, well, what are those cranial nerves? Well, that is going to be cranial nerve 5, which is trigeminal, cranial nerve 7, which is facial, cranial nerve 9, which is glossopharyngeal, cranial nerve 10 which is vagus, and cranial nerve 12, which is hypoglossal. So again, that's 5, 7, 9, 10, and 12. And so those are going to be the ones that are going to be the most impaired in our patient with ALS. Now, typically, cranial nerves related to ocular motor function, such as cranial nerve 3, which is ocular motor, cranial nerve 4, which is trochlear, and cranial nerve 6, which is abducens. Those are typically spared in a patient with ALS. All right. And so now that we understand this general picture, and again, this is one of these you might have to pull off on the side of the road if you're driving, write them down, or just remember to write these down later. But I mean, these are the different cranial nerves that we need to know of that are affected, and then the ones that are spared. Again, three, four, and six are the ones that are typically spared in our patient with ALS. So knowing this information now, we can jump down into our answer choice and start eliminating. All right, so we have A, impaired constriction of the pupil when light is shined into the eye. Now this is called the direct pupillary reflex, and it's the responsibility of cranial nerve two, the optic nerve, and cranial nerve three, the oculomotor nerve, to make this happen. right. So the optic nerve is the afferent. It brings that signal in. The oculomotor nerve is the efferent, which is the responsibility of constricting the pupil. And so with ALS, we wouldn't really be expecting this to be a problem. These ones are typically spared. And so the fact that the answer choice says impaired constriction of the pupil is not correct. We wouldn't really be expecting that. And so we can eliminate A. Now, B says four out of five or good masseter strength. Well, we know that ALS should be impacting the trigeminal nerve. That's cranial nerve five. All right. So we shouldn't be expecting them to have good strength. We shouldn't be expecting this patient to have good masseter muscle strength. And so the fact that we're seeing that, uh, it's not likely. And so we can eliminate B. That is incorrect. All right. C is impaired lateral gaze. Now, when we think about lateral gaze, we're really considering cranial nerve 6 or abducens. Again, abducens is one of the ocular motor nerves, and that is considered spared for a patient with ALS. All right? And so, we would not be expecting to really see impaired lateral gaze in our patient with ALS. And lastly, we have D, which is the inability... To keep eyes closed against resistance. So you have to really think all right, what cranial nerves is involved with closing the eyes tightly and allowing it to go against resistance? And that is going to be cranial nerve seven or the facial nerve. All right. And so cranial nerve seven is a part of that bulbar region. It is going to be one of the cranial nerves that is affected by ALS. And so we would expect the inability to keep eyes closed against resistance. We expect there to be impaired facial nerve. And so our final answer is going to be D. The most likely to be present is an inability to keep eyes closed against resistance. This is not an easy question. Congratulations to every single one of you who are able to dissect this question who are able to understand ALS, apply that to cranial nerves and be able to come out with the right answer. If you did not get this question correct, you now know a bit more about ALS, how it affects both upper and lower motor neurons. You also understand which specific cranial nerves that it affects. Well, if you were driving, you might not have remembered. So let me go over this again, all right? So ALS is going to affect cranial nerve 5, the trigeminal, cranial nerve seven, the facial, cranial nerve nine, glossopharyngeal, cranial nerve 10, vagus, cranial nerve 12, hypoglossal. Those are the cranial nerves that are most affected, but cranial nerve three, four, and six are usually spared. As always, I want you to continue to challenge yourself and ask yourself, well, what other types of upper motor neuron or lower motor neuron symptoms would be present with this type of condition? What if it had asked me a bunch of lower motor neuron versus upper motor neuron type symptoms? Would I be able to pick out which one is most likely to be present? You always want to challenge yourself in these ways in order to be prepared for the MPTE curveballs. As always, keep learning, stay committed. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for tuning in to the MPTE Clinical Files. Support for the MPTE Clinical Files is provided by The PT Hustle. Have you failed the MPTE? What are you going to do differently this time to get a different result? You should try one-on-one coaching in order to get you the direction and structure that you need to be successful. Stop guessing whether you're going to pass on your next attempt. Sign up for an in-depth MPTE evaluation today to figure out the quickest way to passing the boards. Sign up at thepthustle.com forward slash services. Again, that is thepthustle.com forward slash services.